Welcome to NIL Undressed. I'm your host, Ryan Schockner. And today we have a guest that, in my opinion, reflects really what I love most about NIL, the narrative breaking. So football, basketball, the SEC, ACC is where the bulk of the initial NIL deal started. Uh, And that's really where the narrative was formed of NIL being for guys. And if you had to play the right sport at the right school and the right position. But Hasna Baji, she said, "Uh uh-uh, no, not me. She uh, and she's used to jumping over hurdles, right? She saw this as a hurdle. And um, so she not only competed in hurdles at the University of Rhode Island on their track team, majored in international business and Spanish and really uh, helped put Rhode Island, right, even as a state on the NIL map by partnering with household names and really redefining that narrative, right? And saying basically you don't need to be a guy you don't need to play a revenue sport you don't have to go to a power five school and you can get nil opportunities and with with big brands so hasna i am so excited to get you on here and to get your take on everything so welcome to nil undressed well thank you for having me i'm excited as well So we want to start off really with some rapid fire questions to let people kind of get to know who you are a little bit. Mm -hmm. How did you end up in track? And then how did you get into the hurdles? How, how, what, why that event? So I started track when I was in sixth grade and like a lot of kids, a lot of people did soccer when they were like younger. So I had done soccer for seven years. And then in sixth grade, I was like, oh, I want to try track. So at the same time, I was actually doing soccer, track, and gymnastics for like one whole season. And my stamina for an 11-year-old was just skyrocketed. So I actually, when I first started, I was a 1,500 runner, like 1,500, 800. And then seventh grade, they actually cut sports in my school, but then brought it back for eighth grade. And that's when I was like, you know what? I want to try hurdles. And everybody was like, I don't want to do hurdles. I don't want to fall, break my bone, blah, blah. And I was like, mm, I'll just try it. And it, this, that's where it took off. So then throughout high school... I was doing like 100 hurdles, 300 hurdles. And then it got to a point, I was like, I don't want to do 100 hurdles anymore because it's not my forte. So I got into 300 hurdles. I was state champion my senior year and then went to Rhode Island for 400 hurdles. So, <laughs> Man, I, you know, I saw those. I remember I did not do track, but they, they and I wasn't very fast. Uh, <laughs> but I remember like in, in PE and all that, having to jump over those hurdles. And, and I was thinking, man, my shins are going to feel this thing. Oh yeah. Do you get used to that? I did. I would say I got shin splints my sophomore year of high school and I've had it since. So, oh yeah. So you just roll with it. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, my tolerance for shin splints and for like hitting my knees in the hurdles is just like, I don't feel it at this point. (laughs) That's awesome. All right. Favorite part of the university of Rhode Island. I would say, I I think I would say it's definitely the connections and the friends I made. I made some lifelong friends there. And if they were to say one day, oh, I'm not going to be in your life, that's a problem because I will hunt them down. So, <laughs> okay, that's my favorite part about that. But I will say athletics as a whole, the environment there, people actually go crazy for the sports. So, I, I, I mean, that's the reason also I'm going into sport management, but like, I just love how the environment is in sports over there. Very cool. 
favorite on-campus restaurant and then your go-to menu item. Okay. So on campus, we have this place called the Emporium at the very top of campus. And there's this uh, restaurant called Roadhouse. It's actually like a American slash Dominican restaurant. And I always got a dish called Yeroa. It's like um, you can have like pulled chicken with like sweet plantains and they put like a lot of cheese and it's just so good. Oh my God. Now you're <laughs> going to go get place. that after this. <laughs> I honestly, I would, except that's my school is 45 minutes away from me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Road trip. Yep. All right. Outside of track, what's your favorite sport and why? Um, I would say gymnastics. Because, well, when I first did sports, gymnastics was my first sport. And I did it for nine years. So I was so used to that. And I was like, oh, I want to go to the Olympics like Gabby Douglas and do this and that. And then when I quit in seventh grade, I just sprouted. So I was like, mm, never mind. <laughs> Too tall. <laughs> no, I was, I think when I, like in eighth grade, I was already five, six. It just, because gymnastics can stunt your growth also. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. <laughs> that's funny. All right. So you started at the University of Rhode Island and NIL wasn't even a thought. It wasn't a conversation. It was still on that legal battle. And then you wake up July 1st, 2021, and everything you told you couldn't do, you now can do. And and college athletics has completely changed. So what was your initial reaction to NIL? My initial reaction I was like, oh, this is really cool. But then I was like, oh, it's probably going to be for, you know, power five schools, like you mentioned, for like people who do football, who are in, you know, revenue sports, like you said. And so I was like, eh, it's whatever. But then our school, they had like a Zoom session for us to explain what NIL is. And they like, the way they explained it, nobody knew still what was going on. We didn't know how to navigate it. So I think a lot of people were just like, it's whatever. We're not going to do it really. So that's kind of how it started off. And then, the following year, it was that's when I actually like got into it. But it was like my school, they just did not know how to really tell us what it is, how to navigate it. If anything, I also want to tell my peers what it was and how to navigate it. <laughs> well, that's perfect because that leads us into the next conversation. So the so it sounds like the rest of the locker room, right? Your teammates and everything were still kind of we don't really know what this is. And and it, you know, and it wasn't just your school, it was all the schools oh, yeah. that didn't have huge, you know, budgets to bring in experts and all that sort of thing to to try and figure out what NIL was. So what were the conversations in the locker room and with your peers initially when NIL rolled out? What what was that? Um, what were they, what were those conversations? Actually, a lot of my friends thought it was going to be a scam. So they were like, I don't want to be contacted by a company and they try to scam me. This is and that. And I was like, well, that's why I have to read the fine print and be careful what who you go to. But like when it first rolled out, like we all thought it was like that. We all thought it was a scam. We all thought it was like impossible for us to do because what big brand would want to work with, you know, athletes who aren't in a power five conference, who aren't a revenue making sport. So we were all just like, like we didn't really care about it because we we're like, oh, we don't really see a future for us in NIL. So <laughs> got it. Well, so that changed, right? Oh, so yeah. the early days and the months, it was really focused on, you know, the big schools had the collectives that developed. And then, you know, we saw the influencers um, that that popped up and, um, you know, like the Cavender twins and Livy Dunn and all that sort of, and that grabbed the headlines. Yeah. Uh, and, but the non-revenue athletes, you know, the memo was largely, like you said, you know, this is not really for us. 
you though made that decision where you saw the memo, you tore it up and said, no, I'm going all in. So walk us through your mindset and what motivated you to dive in. So I remember I was actually at the Black Student Athlete Summit last year in Houston, and I had made a few, a few friends there who were actually from Power Five conferences, and they were like, oh, are you going to the NIL Summit? And I was like, this is NIL Summit? Like, I had no idea. And I was like, well, if I had known, I would have talked about it with my advisor and whatnot, but at the same time, I had no experience in NIL whatsoever. So then I remember when um, the summit went by, I was looking at everybody's Instagram stories and the posts and Snapchat. I'm like, oh my God, like, I wish I could do that. So then I was like, you know what? I'm a like at the same time I had like doubts like most people who are like are really good in their sport, people who are in that conference or do that sport. And then I was like, you know, let me just give it a shot. This doesn't hurt to try. So then I remember I signed up on like I think like a few NL platforms, but my first deal was through 98 Strong. And I posted about I post I posted about it um I wanna say about a year ago. I wanna say if if it was in June, then maybe in July-ish. But um, that's when I first posted it. And everybody was like, oh my God, how'd you get this? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm just starting. <laughs> I'm just starting. I was like, I don't like, they, I applied to them. They said, yeah, we want to work with you. Send me what they need to send me. I posted what I had to post. And that was the deal right there. And so, but from that point on, it was like kind of free products that I was getting. And then I remember, this is when I was on mobile. I saw the meta um, deal and I was like, oh, like, I was like, why would Meta be on mobile? I was like, is this a scam? Because that's my second deal ever. I was like, I don't want to sign up for something that's a scam because Meta's a really big company. But I was like, you know what? Screw it. I signed up for it. And I think that was like maybe July or August. And I did not remember that I signed up for that. So I got a random email saying, like, oh, we're excited to like have you in our program. And I was like, what program is this? And I was like, oh my God, like it's the Meta program. I actually got in. And what kind of really changed my mindset was the fact that there were over 500 applicants for that. And they picked also me, one of 30 girls to be in this nationwide program. I was like, like, I kept thinking about it every night. I was like, there's no way they picked me. There's no way. Like they could be someone else, but they picked me out of all people. I, it was just like, it blew my mind, honestly. Confidence builder for sure. Right. Oh yeah. And at that point, everybody was like, Oh my God, you're working with Meta. How do you do that? I had so many guys like asking me like, Oh my God, I want to, I want to work with Meta. I was like, most well, female only program they're like well that's not cool i want to be mad i also go find your own program then <laughs> <laughs> but like everybody was then coming to me it's like oh my gosh it's working better now so like i had people from different sports at my school like coming up to me people i didn't even know existed asking me about it and i was like i'm it's like my third day out here i don't know <laughs> that's awesome so i heard two two big things in here right two big takeaways so this all kind of started at the uh black student athlete summit yeah. And, and it was, and so I think this is important for people to understand with NIL and I'm sure you experienced this at NIL summit as well. This, this past year or mm -hmm. last month, it's that, you know, athletes and these college athletes, it's, it's not, it's competitive. Yes, but it's not cutthroat, meaning mm -hmm. that they want to see, you want to see other athletes have success. You're sharing ideas, you're making connections and it sounds like that was really important to uh, helping you develop your mindset to dive in. But then it was you saying, well, I'm going to go figure this out. If I'm not getting those resources that a lot of these other athletes, I'm just going to mess around and, and I'm going to 
figure out how to go out and get deals and take that initiative and take that first step. And -hmm. it was really kind of those two things coupled together that then propelled you to, you know, getting some of, obviously getting some of these deals, but getting some of the, you know, the, the bigger deals that you've gotten. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, what were the first few months, you know, it sounds, I've heard this story from a lot of athletes, right? Where I applied to something and, and, you know, one was, was Ruben Banks down at Alabama track that applied for the WWE uh, and completely forgot. And he was having breakfast. He answered the phone and it was them. He wasn't going to answer the call and all that. So walk through what you've learned, I guess, in those first few attempts of getting deals um, on, you know, how long it takes to, to, for these companies to get back to you, you know, just some of the general stuff that you've picked up through, through your experience. I mean, I will say every company is different. You know, it's like applying, applying to a job. It's like certain employers could get back to you instantly or could get back to you like a month later. Like it's all, you know, everywhere. But I realized like there's so many deals out there, but at the same time, there are so many athletes applying for these deals. So if I apply to a deal, I can't automatically expect I'm going to get it. It doesn't work like that. that. Same thing with the job. I can't expect I'm automatically going to get it just because I applied to it. So what actually I had to my friends, um, actually last year and this year, I was telling them, you know, apply for as many platforms as you can, mogul 98, strong, post game, whatever the case may be, and apply to as many jobs that you want to apply to, especially if they fit your interests. So I said, you know, if you like, there would be days where I would go on like open doors and I would just like scroll through and apply to like jobs that I like, maybe it'd be like 10 at a time. Same thing on mogul, same thing on the other ones. So it's like, I'm applying to a bunch, but I know at some point, at least one of them or a couple of them are going to like reach back out to me. Very cool. So tell us a little bit about, cause you mentioned Meta and I know you have some other brands. So tell us a little bit about what that program is and then what it's, Outside of, you know, financial benefits, what has it done for you that might carry you, you know, as you, as you navigate the rest of your life now? So actually, um, the meta program was meant to educate us like more through NAL, but also, also to use it to our advantage when it comes to after we're student athletes. So I actually just did my, my fifth year and now whatever knowledge that I've learned from them or from the summit or whoever else, I can use that, like towards my future so for example um i would say from doing meta from getting really heavily involved in nil i've i would i wouldn't say my master but i've kind of i'm pretty good at social media and using instagram really well so when it comes to my future actually on my track team i was the social media manager so i make all the hype videos i post the graphics here and there and so i already have that skill kind of already under my belt and they would teach us also about um contracts they would tell us you know how to actually you know pick your deals ones that are of interest to you how to utilize your agent if you have one like there's a wide variety and I think it was it was a three-month program so it was like almost every week we would meet about a certain topic so um it was more like an educational program that came with benefits yeah it was really extremely useful because if I didn't wasn't on that program I would still probably be like kind of lost in the world of NAL. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's interesting because, you know, I read your majors, right. 
But then you mentioned a little bit ago that you are going to focus on sports management. Mm-hmm. Did did that meta and you know obviously your experience in NIL, but that meta program did that then open the door for you wanting to get into sports management? Um, actually, I was interested in getting into sport management. I think last year, maybe two years ago. But being in meta, it kind of you know put my name out there even more. So. I would, you know, people would contact me through, you know, Instagram or LinkedIn or this, this, and that. So kind of like I can say, oh, yeah, I work with Meta and I know these people and I have connections, which automatically helps me for any future jobs. Yeah. And I think that's the the piece that a lot of student athletes, regardless of size of school, miss, right, is mm-hmm. that these are uh, opportunities to network and build relationships for life after sports, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure you mentioned you, you you had your fifth year. I'm sure you remember walking on campus day one as a freshman. Oh, and, yeah. and, you know, it goes by like... It does. It's no joke. Point. It's no joke. It goes by like that. <laughs> and even though everybody, you know, when they're there says, no, it's it, that's not going to... I'm not going to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody, when they leave, says how how quick it went by. So the yeah. NIL aspect of it is is so limited, even though it doesn't feel that way yeah. uh, when, you're, when you're there and in the middle of it. But the rest of your life aspect is really where a lot of these deals can benefit um, if you use them properly. Yep, exactly. All right. So next question. Uh, what were your top three schools before you committed to Rhode Island? And what was the criteria that was most important to you uh, in making your final decision? We want to thank our sponsor, Success Beyond Game Day. For many athletes, the last safe place was the locker room. They could be themselves and not be judged. Success Beyond Game Day creates a locker room community for athlete development. Partnering with individual athletes, high schools, athletic departments, college and pro teams on building their brands, understanding name, image, and likeness, how to get deals, and personal finance, all while leveraging a proprietary assessment that identifies core skills that athletes can leverage to create a competitive advantage, all while creating an environment where athletes can connect to push each other to greatness. Check it out at www.successbeyondgameday.com. So I I had applied to a bunch of schools and I I was sure I wanted to go for track as well as academics. And academically, I I was fine in high school. I had a 3.7, so I wasn't worried about not getting into a school academically, but it was just athletically because I come from, you know, the smallest state and like it was kind of. You know, Rhode Island, even though we're part of the U.S., we weren't really on the map. So I think I had my top three schools. If anything, actually, I didn't want to go to Rhode Island at all, <laughs> at all. Like, in, I mean, it's such a small state. Usually everyone from Rhode Island goes to URI. So it's like, I don't want to go to, like, another Rhode Island, like, blah, blah, blah. So at the time, I want to say my top school, I really want to go to Houston. Pathetically, I knew it was going to happen. Um but I think my top schools were like George Mason, Temple, and I want to say UMass Amherst. And what's funny is that George Mason and UMass Amherst are both in the A10, and then Temple used to be in the A10. And then, you know, URI happened. So, 
So what was the criteria? So it was, it was academics was, was really important. And then being mm-hmm. able to participate in track. Um, yeah, and I want to sp- specifically go for like D1. That's what I wanted. Okay. And D1. So how did Rhode Island nudge itself in there and end up being where you went? Actually, they didn't do anything. I, I nudged myself into their emails. That's what I did. Okay. All right. So, because also at the time, I mean, I'm an only child. I don't know anybody in my family who was heavily involved in sports. So when it came to looking for schools that are good for academics and athletics, I was kind of helping myself. Like there's nobody helping me. My dad was helping me acad- academically, but like nobody else was helping me athletically. So I was like, I'm trying to do my best year. I was an 18 year old. Actually, I was 17 still. So I remember I was like, reaching out to the schools myself or to the coaches. I wouldn't hear back. And then I remember it was July and I still hadn't chosen a school at this point. And um, it was between URI and UMass Amherst. So I was like, okay, so I reached out to the coach at UMass Amherst, never heard back from them. And I emailed my coaches at URI. And I think it was like the next day I got email saying, oh, what's your shoe size? And I was like, is that how you welcome me on the team? But I mean, I was on the team then. So yes. that's kind of what happened. Like, and they were like, yeah, we saw you race in New England and States and whatnot. I said, so you couldn't reach out to me about that? <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. You know, I, but if I had a crystal ball, uh, hearing that story, I'm going to say that you are going to be whatever you decide to get into, you're going to be super successful, right? Because it's that going back and it's taking the initiative and not just sitting back and saying, well, you know, my circumstances of not really having family or people that played sports. So I don't really know how this recruiting thing is supposed to happen. But I'm going to go out and make it happen. Right. And so I hear that in the NIL and that's how you ended up, you know, at at Rhode Island and some of these other schools to get, you know, the interest in you. So, uh, so everyone that's listening, you need to follow her because, you know, this is just do whatever she does and, uh, and you're going to be okay in life. So, um, all right, back now to high school, right. Um, if NIL was a thing when you were in high school, um, and knowing now kind of what you know about NIL and everything, what would you have done differently, I guess, as a high school student, but then also when you were looking at schools to go to, how would NIL factor into that decision-making process? Um, that's such a very good question because there's so many aspects that would have like contributed to that. Um, I feel like if NIL was around and like I have the knowledge I do now, I probably would be more active on Instagram. Um, you know, post at the time they didn't have reels, but you know they you post a video, so I probably do videos or even was it? It wasn't TikTok, but at the time before TikTok, it was like Musically. I want to say. And I know that for like two years, I was so heavily involved in that. So I probably would have like made videos on there too, maybe shared it to Instagram as well, trying to just get my name out there. Um, and I feel like through that, I would have, you know, I'm assuming s- schools or recruiters may or may, like they would have seen the video. So they would have reached out to me, which would have obviously like contributed to my decision-making. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if I had a coach on my, let's say the CAA reached out to me for a track. I'm like, okay, so like, I'll consider them. 
and whatnot, because I'm sure they'll see my video, then look at my stats and be like, okay, she's not bad, we can work with her. So I'm assuming like, it was like whatever I put out there, it would come back to me in a positive way, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, there's one aspect of that putting stuff out there, right? Where mm-hmm. there's the mental health aspect and, you know, yeah. doing it authentically and being you and not trying to fit in this box. So exactly. um, as someone that's active, right, on Instagram and, and putting stuff out there, how do you how do you do that? How do you navigate being you and not trying to be something or someone that that you're not? Actually, I would say that was I would say it wasn't my issue, but it was like a small problem for me. So back in high school, up until like two years ago, actually, I had severe social anxiety and I wasn't diagnosed till two years ago. So at the times I was really quiet, but if I were to post on like say musically, I was, I was like being myself. And it's like, if people saw me, they saw me. If not, it's whatever. But I remember was, I think when I, no, I think when I first heard about NIL, it was like right before I got diagnosed. So at the time I was like, I don't know, like if I want to do it, what, can I do it? And then when I got diagnosed, I was like, oh, I feel a lot better now. I can do it. So it's like I had no, like many of my friends always say that, you know, I'm always myself. I'm never afraid to be myself. If I try something else, like you could tell if I'm not being authentic. So in me, I love everything about my personality. So if I want to be goofy in Instagram, I'll be goofy. If I want to be taking a more serious route, I'll take a more serious route. But at the end of the day, I'm going to do what I know I can do to the best of my ability because that's what I can do. Yeah. So it sounds like it's just really appreciating you, right? And and yeah. being good with who you are. And and then, you know, whether there's haters or or you know, whatever, it doesn't really matter, right? Because you mm-hmm. have you have your circle that's around you that supports you and um and that's really where you go to for the validation of of who you are. Did I get that? Yeah. That's my therapist with me with my therapist hat on. Did I get that that yeah. somewhat right? Yeah. All right. Um, so what does the next chapter look like for you? So you're you're done competing, right? Um, mm-hmm. What does the next chapter look like for you? And um, and has that been uh, enhanced? I guess we kind of touched on this a little bit, but has that been enhanced because of NIL? Um, I will say yes, definitely it has been enhanced. So now it's like because NIL is sport related and I want to go in sport management. Actually, I put my NAL deals on my resume whenever I send it to an employer or something like that. But um, I've been applying to so so many jobs since like April, actually. <laughs> and, you know, the job market is a little hard, especially if you're in the smallest state. So um, <laughs> I've been doing like little things here and there. I was actually helping my head coach at my high school, who was my first track coach, um, as his assistant coach for the girls track team. So they actually just had New England's was it a couple of weeks ago. Um so I've been doing that for a little bit. I was just kind of volunteering, but I'm try- trying to stay active, but I really am trying to get a job. That's the number one goal. But then within the next year or two, I want to go back to grad school actually for sport management. Okay. I think you'd hit a home run if you started working with some athletes. Oh yeah. Oh that's yeah. My, that's my, that's my, you know, not be, maybe not be an agent, but somehow in that capacity, mm-hmm. uh, because you've got that, you know, that it, that factor that a lot of these student athletes, you know, they're so focused on this other stuff that, I mean, I'm sure you see it, that, that they won't take that, you know, that step, that initiative, but 
but they'd be super marketable. It's just yeah. that, that worry or that anxiety about taking that step. So no, exactly. Uh, and actually, I've told a lot of my friends, even those who aren't athletes, because now I think it was like last week, one of them called me. He's a he's an artist, like a, a musical artist. And he was like, I want to be an NIL. And I was like, you're not an athlete. You can't really be an NIL if you're not an athlete. But I was like, you can still be an influencer. I Like I told him, I said, think about before NIL, think about when we used to watch you, like our favorite YouTubers, like they were influencers and by posting on YouTube or wherever else, that's how they got big. So if you want to do the same thing, follow their footsteps. <laughs> but, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So for the businesses that are listening, right, um, give us give us the Hasna commercial, right? Why mm. why do businesses want to work uh, want to work with you? Oh, oh, this is a tough one. Um, usually I'm so bad with doing a small little bio on myself. Um, oh my god. See, if I was in, in an interview right now, I would probably bomb it. <laughs> no, I think you'd. I think you'd do just fine. Um, well, let's see. I mean, as someone who's an only child, I definitely do not have only child tendencies. I'm very, like, I'll say pretty extroverted now compared to a couple of years ago. Um, I'm interested in just about almost any topic out there. Like it could be again, sports, but it could also be like art history or cause I love traveling. Also, I like traveling is a really big um, thing for me. Um, I don't, <laughs> I mean, I worked with Meta, I worked with Champs, Mansion Nutrition. I'm actually working with Hey Dude right now. So I have a few deals under my belt already. I'll say maybe I think six total, maybe five total right now. But I would say I'm a pretty good candidate for any business that would want to work with me. <laughs> I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give it right here. You're self-aware, you're authentic, and you're a go-getter. You're gonna make it happen. And and those are, I think, are three qualities that are uh the combination of those three qualities are rare. And just from this short time here, uh, I've picked up on. So uh, for those businesses that are looking for someone, for those athletes that are looking for help, how do people get a hold of you? Um, I mean, people can reach out to me through Instagram, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, even. I would say basically almost any social media channel. Except for Facebook, I'm on there but for family usually. Um, but I'll say Instagram is the major one I use. So definitely through Instagram, you can DM me. I think I have my contact info, my bio also. So and we'll yeah. put everything in the show notes as well. So oh yeah. All right, Hasna, thank you for spending some time with us. Everybody, thank you, thank you for, for joining us on NIL Undressed. As always, every like, subscribe, and share is greatly appreciated.